welcome cadets and captains to a brand new edition of M-Class Podcast. Yeah, baby. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, you're gonna get... You're gonna get your ears whole filled. <laughs> Let's start over. No, uh... <laughs> we already did that! Uh, this is M-Class Podcast, a program where we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media, we pick it apart, we tell you whether it's good or bad, and uh, we make the decisions for you, so you don't have to hurt your brain. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. You should probably never listen to what I have to say about your life, but give it a try if you really want to see what happens. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. Faff. Faffo. Faffo. <laughs> Great Zach Fox song, by the way. <laughs> Is that a song? I yeah. only know it because I, I know that, like, tough guys say it. <laughs> Faffo? Yeah, they put it on shirts and There's stuff. There's nothing tougher than being like, hey, Faffo. Yeah, it almost sounds kind of like you're a bigot if you're. It's almost like a sounds bad to say that. Uh, and coming from two guys who regularly sling around Cardassian slurs, yeah. you know that's bad. Two guys who regularly get banned on Twitter for 24 hours for saying things like "kill Whitey." Yeah, we we both have been banned on Twitter for 24 hours. I I said uh, something about a fake. I was using. A joke, a metaphor, like a fake little idea of there being a judge who was putting me in jail for something. Yeah. And I called him an old cracker-ass white judge. And you got banned. And I got banned for yeah. 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I was quoting the movie Black Sheep with uh, Chris Farley. Yeah, how dare you quote and a classic. Then, nope, Twitter, you can't be on I think Twitter. you mean X. <laughs> got it. I I hate everything. <laughs> I Agreed. Hate everything. <laughs> uh, it's not actually what we're talking about on today's episode. We're actually going to be uh, diving even deeper into Rich Master's Shipwreck with Your Boys collection. <laughs> this is part two. We're talking about Deep Space Nine, season four, episode seven, Starship Down. Yeah. Uh, I always get this one confused with the one where... I think we're watching it next week, actually. Uh-uh. The one where they crash on the planet, right? Oh, yeah, because the same guy is in it. Like, the... Um, yeah. The same engineer guy who's friends with uh, O'Brien. Yeah, spoilers. He don't He don't make it. Uh-oh. We're not even on that episode yet. <laughs> he, he lives through this nightmare, only to live not live through the... Wait, no! He must make it, because this one takes place before the... Whatever, we'll figure... You know what? Pretty Fuck sure it. he dies. Um, we'll, we'll do it live. Fuck it. Fuck it, we'll do it live! <laughs> uh, this is directed by Alexander Singer. Uh, mm. Unrelated to Brian Singer, thankfully. That's good. For him. Um, he's done a uh, shit ton of TNG, Deep Space Nine, and uh, Voyager episodes, uh, six TNG, including Relics, Descent, Part 1 and 2, and Homeward, uh, Deep Space Nine, Distant Voices, The Adversary, Hard Time. Hard Time. The the O'Brien Jail Horror Nightmare episode. And ten episodes of Voyager, none of which I uh, know anything about except Threshold. The best one. That's the, the best episode. Uh, number ten out of ten episode yeah. of Star Trek. It's the greatest episode ever made. 
Uh, this episode was co-written by David Mack and John J. Ordover. I uh, only clicked on David Mack because that's the name of a comic book artist I really like. And I was like, holy oh. fuck, is it him? It's not. It's not. He is the inspiration uh, for the song Return of the Mac. Oh, he came back. Yeah. Uh, David Mack served as co-writer for two episodes of Deep Space Nine, but he is the story consultant on Lower Decks and Prodigy. Oh, that's fun. And uh, he mostly got that job from writing uh, 35 Star Trek novels. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what? When are we going to start reading those? I don't want to. <laughs> I um, don't think we are. The thing about writers, right, is that either <laughs> the writer is like, here are my three books I've written in my lifetime, right? Yeah. Or they're like, here are my 6,000 books I've written last year. Yeah. And there's no in-between for some I, reason. I was watching Capote. I had never seen it before. And, uh... I was, like, looking up all this stuff, because he's friends with, uh, what's her name? Harper Lee yeah, in the movie, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. and in real life he was. And I'm like, oh, how many books do like, these people write? And it's like, they wrote, like, three books. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're and they're then world they were, like, famous yeah. creators, and they yeah. wrote, like, three books. And it's like, then they were like, I'm done. <laughs> well, how many books did J.R.R. Tolkien write? Three. Four. Yeah, he wrote four, and then he had a bunch of notes for another one yeah. he didn't make. And then they made a really bad show about that. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. <laughs> no. But I wouldn't say it was bad. I, I at least watched it. Yeah, though. I like it. Yeah. I thought it was all right. Um, it just it doesn't feel big. It doesn't feel big enough. I don't. I, know. I try something... not to be. I try not to be like a Tolkien purist, but I feel like in my fucking heart of hearts, I am right. Yeah. Like, I feel like the furthest you can stray away from Tolkien, and I'm still into it, is, like, the Lord of the Rings movies. Like, yeah. The Hobbit is too far. And The Cimmerillion yeah, is, like, way too far. Remember in Battle or, of All whatever Armies? Whatever the fuck it's called. Rings of Power. Sorry. Remember in Battle of All Armies when all the armies battled? I, I do remember. I remember that being a chapter in the book, but it's a whole movie. I don't even think that's in the book. The Battle of Five Armies is a, is the title of a chapter, and like Bilbo is not really there. He's yeah, like he's, just, he's doing yeah. something else. And he's, he's at home like like planting flowers, and then he hears about it. <laughs> he fucking turns on the news, and he's like, "The Fifth <laughs> Army has hit the the Misty Mountains." Breaking news. <laughs> Where were you when the Fifth Army hit? That's what everybody asks. The Two Towers, man. <laughs> Think about it. You want to call this movie what? <laughs> <laughs> I want to call this one Building 7. Check it out. Do your research. <laughs> Fucking smaugs can't melt steel beams. <laughs> Oh man, we're doing a Star Trek show. Yeah, this is nothing about Star Trek, but uh <laughs> we're on the Defiant on this one, baby. Oh fuck, I love the Defiant. I printed out a little Defiant. Oh, did you? That's sick. Yeah, it's cute. But also scary. <laughs> it's scary because it could kick your ass. I like how the Defiant is just like 
the A10 of like the Star Trek. It's just like ugly looking, but everyone loves it. It's a small little killer. It's like a yeah. hornet. Yeah, it'll fuck you up. Uh, the Defiant is meeting with a Karema Commerce Ministry vessel. Uh, Karema? Car- caramel. Caramel. The Caramel Commerce Ministry. Mm-hmm. And they're above uh, a gas giant. That's all you need to know about the setup. Yeah, so like Jupiter for you idiots who don't know what a gas giant is. The, uh, <laughs> wow, fucking got him. Got him city. <laughs> Celestial got him. Yep. Uh, they're having a meeting with Trade Minister Hanok. Who is uh, Zephram Cochran. Yeah, he's Zephram Cochran. That's a John Larroquette fun fact of the week for you. He's James Cromwell, also known as the guy from Babe. Yeah, he's not the pig, though. No, he does say that'll do pig, though. You know, I've never seen Babe. Which is a thing you can say to a date and end it immediately. That'll do pig? (laughs) That's what I say when I come on a date. Oh my god. Oh, you're talking to your hog. I got it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then sometimes they think that I'm talking to them, but... I need that sound effect from fucking uh, NBA Jam playing in this episode every time I do a fucking He's on fire! He's on fire! (laughs) I want want the fucking uh, boom shakalaka! Boom shakalaka! What a great game. From downtown. Oh, I wanna, let's just fuck this podcast and play that game. <laughs> that game fucking rolls. One yeah. of my favorite games ever. Yeah. Um, but he's Hanok is like, look, you guys are taxing us, giving us fees, all these fucking levies. And uh, Cisco's like, uh, what? Yeah, Cisco's like, what are you talking about? And like Quark's like, pulling on his collar. Uh, but he's like, uh, do I need to go on after listing all these things? And Cisco just leans over at Quark and goes, no, that'll be fine. Yeah, doing business with the Federation's probably the easiest fucking yeah. shit ever. Because they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, if you're the Federation, right, and there are, uh, there are a decent number of non-Federation-affiliated species in this yeah. area. I mean, you could use the Bajorans, even, honestly. Right. Why would you choose the fucking Ferengi to take care of your business for well, cause you? Well, because... You know how they are. You know how they <laughs> they all are. <laughs> I mean, at least they're not spoonheads, though. It's true, true. I'm not yeah. racist or anything, but no, you know how Ferengi you know, are. <laughs> but you know what they're like. Uh... <laughs> I think it's because, like, the Ferengi just, like, knows their way into it, right? And also, like... I think it was, like, a pre-existing relationship. That's what it was, was. yeah. The Nagus was... Here comes a motorcycle. That is loud That is so fucking loud. Family! (laughs) Go get him, Bumblebee. Uh, Yeah, I think that the Nagus, like, knew... They were selling him, like, Tulaberry wine, right? That was the thing. yeah. Tulaberry wine. Uh, Worf is in control of the Defiant as he as he oft is. Yeah, and it's his it's his bunk. So he's, he does <laughs> sleep there. It's his house. They're flying his house around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, like an ensign comes up and is like, "Here's the results for the weapons drill." Worf's like, "This fucking sucks my two dicks." 
Yeah, he fucking throws it on the ground and he's like, get out of bed! He just doesn't even say words. And he's fucking fuck. uh, flash kicks her right on the fucking <laughs> deck in front of everybody. <laughs> like, Damn, I didn't know he had that move. Yeah, he does. Uh, but he's like being a dickhead to everybody this whole episode. Shocking. Deep Space Nine Worf being a dickhead? Does Worf even want to be here today? Like, should we, <laughs> like... Should he go, like, I don't know, transfer to, like, the Lexington or something? Is he like, mad that we're moving his house? <laughs> was he asleep? Was he like, let's go, what the fuck is going on? He has a little nightcap on. <laughs> He's the wearing, fuck? like, a fucking nightdress and cap. Yeah. He's got a little candle in his Like Scrooge? Yeah, yeah, he comes onto the bridge. He's like, what the fuck is going over here? Um, but they're, uh, they're having lunch, Dax and Kira are, and Kira, uh, Dax is like, you want some of this bomb-ass, uh, squares? <laughs> she's like, no, I'm fasting in, in, obs- in observation of Hamara. It's another Bajoran fucking holiday. Yeah, they got more holidays than anybody. Fucking they- count them. They're not up. good holidays either because they're working and they can't eat squares. Yeah, it sucks. If I couldn't eat squares, I'd kill myself. Especially uh, at that little table that I don't even think is a table. I think it's a computer. They're, they're sitting at a computer. <laughs> um, but Hamara is the anniversary of the emissary's arrival to Bajor. So it is a three-year-old yeah. holiday. <laughs> it's new. It's relatively new. But uh, we find out that Cisco was so against having to be in these ceremonies and having to like be the center of attention that he scheduled the trade negotiations himself during this time to get out of it. Yeah, but then, he doesn't like that shit. He don't. He don't go in for that. <laughs> no can do. I'm busy. I have to move Worf's house. He can't go for that. No can do. But I know uh, that song. Jim Hadar worship show up. And they're mad. Yeah. Because the Karma are in the Dominion, and they're not supposed to be talking to the Federation. Blah, blah, blah. Weird that it took them this long to find out, but all right. Yeah, I don't know. But they don't attack... like So it's like an uneasy truce, right? Like, the Federation's not at war with the Dominion yet. No. Well, I mean, after this, it's pretty much... Yes. Uh, the the thing is, like, the competency of the Dominion, like, the omnipotency of the Dominion is really dependent on the episode and how far into the war we are. At the beginning, they yeah. seem like they're very much on equal footing with the Federation. Uh, yeah. By, the, by, like, the midpoint of the war, they seem like they're literally omnipotent and they know everything and you can't get anything over them. And yeah, by the end of it, scary. it's like uh, they're completely run by morons who don't know their own asshole. Well, look, here, here like, I don't want to be racist or anything, but that's what you get when you let the Cardassians in. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not sign off on that one, I think. Tell corporate that I'm not on board for this new push. I like when they get the Breen in there and they like like love the Breen. Oh, right? they fucking they're dick riding the Breen. The, the Breen are just like super competent and they listen to the Dominion. They follow orders and the Cardassians are like, but 
But we were your girlfriend. We were number one. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're number two. Whoopsies. But uh, they run on the bridge and they're like, hail them. Hail the Jim Hadar. That'll work. Yeah, that'll work. And the Jim Hadar immediately open fire the instant they're hailed. Yeah. Uh, they don't know words good. Yeah, words are like attacks to them. Uh, ironically, everything is attacks to them. Hugs, yeah. gifts. Yeah. Dick pics. White. <laughs> well, they love Catcher Cell White. <laughs> they do. But do they, though? No, I guess not. They just have to. <laughs> do they eat sandwiches? <laughs> no, I don't think they eat. I think they just eat white. Yeah, they're just jacked up on that sweet China white. <laughs> The car- the caramel ship flies away into yeah. the uh, gas giant's upper atmosphere, and the Jim Hadar take off after it. So the Defiant follow them. It's a real fucking Tom and Jerry and Spike situation going on here. I feel like the caramels like wanted it to be here because they kind of like this is their strategy, right? Yeah. Like if the Jim Hadar show up, we'll just do this thing and we'll fly in here. And uh, Hanok is like, oh no, we shouldn't have done business with the Federation. There are 23 people on that ship. And fucking Federation guy is like, let me tell you about this little thing called Wharf 359. Yeah. I don't want to hear about 23 23 fucking people. The 9-11 of space happened (laughs) and it was terrible. 23? Try try 12,000, bro. Uh, Cisco's like, we gotta save that ship. Let's go into that turb. Let's go into that atmosphere. And uh, yeah, Munez is the guy. Yeah, Munez. Is it the same guy? <laughs> I don't think so. I think the I think the guy dies in the earlier episode. You're thinking of. I think you're right. Because yeah, he dies at, on the ground, and then this guy's like he's his replacement <laughs> or something. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. But isn't Kira like we can't go no, in there? No, this is cause... the same guy. This happens what? later. Does he not die in DS Nine? The ship. Oh, he doesn't die. Uh, no, he did. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Damn. Oops. Well, there's your spoiler for an episode we're not covering. Um. <laughs> yeah, you should have watched the whole show anyway. I mean, it's been out for 30 years. I don't really know. Oh, God, I'm old. Uh, shocking. Um, Cisco <laughs> takes them down into the atmosphere, and they are trying to uh, channel power into the structural integrity fields. It's windy. 10,000-mile-per-hour winds, baby. And uh, they only have sensor visibility up to two kilometers, which is fucking nuts. That's, like, insane. Yeah. That's like you can see two kilometers with your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like you literally can see that far. Like all their systems are down, cloaking device, weapon targeting, uh toilets on deck three, they're all down. Yep. Could Warps, you imagine uh, if your ship fucked up and like all the toilets stopped working at the same time? You just have to like cla- like make one of the bunks like a toilet room. You just uh be like just you use one of the toilets and then you shut the lid and seal it. And we'll use the next one. <laughs> Sorry, Odo. We need your bucket. Uh, all right, everybody. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, let Odo deal with it, town. 
You brought it back. I didn't think you were going to make it. <laughs> Barely. But uh, Kira and Dykes come up with a way to uh, use echolocation to scan, which, man, echolocation was big in the fucking 90s, man. Yeah, everyone was like, that's really cool. Sonar is cool. Yeah, bats can do this? This yeah, is sick. bats and submarines? Damn. Because there's a big, like bit in Batman Forever where he uses echolocation. That's right, that's right. And then in the Batman movie they do that too. Oh yeah, they do. Huh. And then he And then Daredevil like, uses echolocation but he's been around since like the 70s. And he has like basically better than eyes? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. He, he, like, he, he knows what colors things are which is real confusing. How the fuck I don't know that, that as well work? as him. His eyes don't even work. What the fuck? Is he blind as a kid? Is he born? He's not born blind, no, right? He, he gets blind. he gets hit with the TCRI chemicals in the eyeballs, and it makes him blind. And then, what does he do in the show? I don't think that's. I think it's different in the show. Uh, no, I think I'll ask Rich. He loves Daredevil. Yeah, he he's screaming at the top of his lungs right now. Yeah, across he's like, the Matt fucking. Murdock, blah blah blah. Oh, I can't do an English accent right now. That was it. Oi, Matt Murdock. Oi, wait. I'm talking about Matt Murdock. You what, Mike? You won't, you won't, mate. <laughs> My fucking uh, English it's accent a... is trolls from The Hobbit. <laughs> you won't, mate. You won't, mate. But uh, Minister Hanock heads back to the mess hall and Quark's like, hey... The, those mistakes were my fucking dumbass shithole brother Rom, actually. So. <laughs> yeah, Which is Hanock like the is oldest like... trick in the book, right? Yeah. And Hanok's like, you don't even have the courage to fucking admit that you swindled me, man. He's like, guess what? You're never going to be able to conduct commerce in the Gamma Quadrant again, you bitch. It's like telling a Ferengi, like, it's going on your permanent record, <laughs> you, dude. You piece of bitch. You sluggo-eating bitch. Uh, the echolocation pulses find an object below them. And they don't know whether it's the Jim Hadar or the Caramels. Yeah, that's not good. But um, <laughs> it actually turns out to be the Jim Hadar, and there's two of them. And I mean, the Defiant is fucked already. But then it gets like super shot up, full of Swiss cheese holes. Yeah, gets really, really. I mean, it's tough little shit, man. Yeah, but, but impulse power goes offline. Uh, Odeon relays are overloaded. You know, it means business. Yep. Pla panels are exploding. Uh, uh, what else? Which happens <laughs> on, like, a Tuesday, really, but... <laughs> I'd be like, can we stop putting dynamite in these panels? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that's a bad idea. But, like, everything's fucking done. They can't use the phasers, uh, but O'Brien's like, look, We'll put some quantum torpedoes in atmospheric probes and shoot them out. You get to see, like, Cisco's tactical brilliance. Like, like, this is where Cisco is, like, he's, like, a warrior. Like, he is, like, ready for this shit, right? Like, Picard would, like, get out of this, but, like, not, like, how instinct like that cisco runs on you know what i mean like yeah. he just he's well, like cisco's like a he's like a great tactician like yeah. picard is a great diplomat but when it comes right. to like combat like riker is the guy yeah on, the riker maneuver uh which is stepping over a seat from the back 
that's the colloquial Riker maneuver. You, I like it. Yeah, I was about to say in, in the uh, lower deck Strange New World, he goes, yeah. Riker. Riker. <laughs> yep. Yep. Which I'm going to do forever every time Dude, I do that now. That, I hope uh, that episode's so fun, it's man. It's fucking hilarious. Um, then they did the musical one and it was dumb. I still haven't seen that one. Yeah, you just skip. I don't really one, don't right? have much of a desire. Like I'm, I don't hate musicals to the level that uh, you do. You sick fuck. But I can't. I don't get, like them. I mean, watch it so you can watch uh, Laon, the woman who plays her. Like mm-hmm. she's incredible. It's like I like literally. I was like, I feel Holy like she's gonna shit. be like the next big thing because she's she's like, awesome. She's an incredible actress. Like she's hilarious when it comes to yeah. like comedy scenes and stuff. With her dog. Yeah, exactly. She has, like, a ton of range. And also, she's, like, an amazing singer. Like, I think she's going to be, like, the spinoff star of this. And she's hot. She's she's not hard on the eyes, that lady. Oh, man. Fucking, uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I won't spoil it. Don't spoil it it on the show. Yeah, I won't spoil it. Okay. Um, But there was an explosion, a hull breach on deck two. And everybody's fucking freaking out. Everybody's running around, and uh, <laughs> they they need to sacrifice the crewmates in sick bay, plus Dax and Munez in the Jeffries tube, who are trying to like uh, get the toilets working again. ODN. I don't remember what they're doing. <laughs> they're doing the ODN relays. Oh well, that's important. I I suppose. Yeah, she has to get them turned back on because I think they're like, are they sinking at this point? Yeah, they're they're like free falling. Yeah, like, which, like, that's not good. No, I mean, it's going to get worse the lower you get down on this fucking Yeah, that's right? a bad, that's a bad place to do that. Uh, also, like, if you, if you, like, light a match, that shit's going up. Yeah, that's the Riker maneuver. And then that Trill Lady, like, wants to fuck him right then and there on the ship. Remember that? Uh, you're going to have to be more specific. And <laughs> I think it's, which one is it? It's the one with the Sona? Or well, no, I mean, maybe. my my guy Riker is always about to get his dick wet. Like, always. Yeah. He's within 20 minutes of it at all times. It's either the one with the Sona or the one with the Romulans, where he, like, uses the Boussard collectors to, like, collect all the dust. Oh, yeah. And, then he, and he's like, I want to shove it right down their throats. And then the chick, like, turns and, like... Is real horny about She's it. Like you'll shove it down the throat. Eh? She's like, I want to have sex with you. <laughs> real direct, this lady. Yeah, <laughs> she's a trill. They don't got time for this it's shit. True. They've lived so many lives. If they yeah. want to fuck, they just say it. Yeah. What's the point? Bashir is uh, in this episode. He's evacuating sick bay, and Cisco's like, "You get thirty seconds, and then I'm gonna have to seal the deck off." Yeah. Bashir. Uh, Helps everyone walk one at a time to the bulkheads. Yeah, like as like they can't get to the fucking lift. Like, what the and uh, Dax and Munez are like running towards them, but the force field collapses and everybody gets like blown forward. And uh, but Munez like still gets through the door. Like Bashir pulls him through, and uh, Cisco's like, "Close that fucking bulkhead! It's an order." That's an order, Doctor. But uh, he hits the switch to close the door and dives in before it closes. And Dax is all horking up Blork from breathing yeah. in fluorine. Which is a hundred times worse than fluoride and chlorine. Yeah, dude, have you ever, like... like There used to be a family in town here who would shock their pool every summer. 
and I would ride past their house, and like the fucking the it like steals your breath away. That oh, yeah. fucking chlorine smell. Like you if know? there's a lot of it, it'll like oh. it'll knock it out of your chest. Like you'll pass the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> they lived yeah. right there during all of it. <laughs> They do this before we just breathe in all this chlorine. I, I feel like they didn't know how much chlorine. Like you, if you would have fucking opened the front door, they would have just every member of the family would be laying on the floor in a different room. <laughs> they just all fucking pass out. They're like, all right, it's time oh, for the summer. Uh, it's time for the summer hibernation. Let's get the chlorine. Well, we we do the pool in like May, and we wake up sometime in July. <laughs> When the kids get off school, we get the chlorine out. <laughs> but uh, Bashir grabs up Dax and like drags her into a turbo lift. Uh, yeah. Which I'm glad that Memory Alpha told me this was a turbo lift. For some reason, it, it doesn't look like one. It didn't. I thought it was a closet. Yeah, I thought it was just a room, and they yeah, were just I sitting thought, by yeah. the door. I thought it was just like a hallway or something. Yeah. Right? Like, no, that's a turbo lift, off. apparently. Because right. they mention, he's like, I thought about going up the turbo lift shaft. But they don't was, make it real clear that this is a turbo lift. Um, but the communication system is down, and they can't contact people up on deck. And, like, there's some real non-Star Trek shit. There's some real, like, I would call it Ensign Row-ass shit happening in this episode. Okay. Where they're like... Oh, I, communication's down. I can't call the. I can't call any other deck. Everyone's dead, but me. Yeah, yeah. They. I guess they just have to assume that. Like, I, but I agree. They're like, they're very like. There's, there's no one left. <laughs> Everyone's dead, but me. But me. Uh, Kira's like impulse engines are back online. They start going up again, and but, Quark and is like, "We're going up." He's like, how do you know? He's like, because I got the lobes. You know who else has the lobes? You. He's oh, <laughs> just fucking salesmaning. And, and Hanok's like, hey, oh my God. suck my knob nodule where a dick would be. <laughs> suck my TC Tugger dick, dude. Uh, but they, um, back on the bridge, they think, my cat is like losing her fucking mind outside right now. Hopefully you yeah, do you have hear truck? That. Do you have trucks going by? Because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> She's just outside going, wow, What did you let her in? Because she'll do that in here if I let her in. I want to hear her. Look, if she fucking pays her dues, she can be on the podcast. Like every other guest, they have to pay the deposit. To be on the what podcast. is the deposit? Oh, no. Uh, don't worry about it. I share yeah, it. I, I share it. I share it. What? <laughs> but, uh... The uh, Jem'Hadar ship has been following like the pulses that they're putting out to echo. Yeah, they say they say like like they're gonna have to change speed and course every time they ping because they can follow it, and then yeah, they just they follow like, it anyway. They just sort of don't do that. They're like, oh, do it again. <laughs> It's like, like, you gotta move, man. Even if they did it, what you're doing is creating like a connect the dots puzzle that they can just follow really yeah, easily. Yeah, if you do it too much, yeah. If you yeah, you gotta like cool it with that shit. But uh Cisco orders full stop and all non essential systems shut down. They're gonna like fly blind. This is very like hunt for Red October, right? I fucking love this shit, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Anytime in Star Trek when they're in like a nebula, like Star Trek two or you know, any any of that shit. Mm-hmm. Like this. This shit rules. 
uh, science rules. Science and, and submarines rule. But uh, they're going to fire out one of the atmospheric probes, and the hope is that it's going to uh, home in and destroy the Jim Hadar ship. The problem is they don't know where that ship is, and if it can't home in on the Jim Hadar ship, it's a probe. It's programmed to return to ship. Yeah, it'll blow up the Defiant. Yeah. So it's like a heat seeker, and if it doesn't catch on, like, right, it, right. It's not going to be great for this ship that's already, like, pounded to fuck, right? I love this episode that they are so good at, like, creating problems within problems. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Like, it is a spiral yeah. into hell in it's this episode. Not, like, it's a real indicator of, like, what the war is going to be like, right? It's oh, yeah. not going to be good for anyone. I love this part, though, because Cisco is so smart. Like, he knows what they're doing, right? And yeah. he's like... Uh, one, I think one of Kira Warp is like, well, how do we know they're at? Like, we don't know where they are. And he's like, I have a feeling they're a lot closer than yeah, you Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, he's... Yeah. Uh, you're right. Like, he's, uh, he knows the sort of, like, tactics that someone... They're hunting him, yeah. That someone in the Jim Hadar's position would be using. Yeah, they're hunters. Like, they're predators, right? Like, that's what they do, is, like, they're right behind us. Like, he yeah. knows that. And he's fully right, too. They fire yeah. the probe, and the Jim Hadar ship immediately runs into it. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> Maybe if you had a view screen, you would have seen that coming. Yeah, exactly. Fucking... Instead of a fucking, like, little mask that you look through. Only one yeah, guy gets to look outside. Scouter. Stupid. <laughs> Scouter-ass bitch. What's my power level, idiot? Power level... Is your dad? Power level zero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always thought this is like a little <laughs> headcanon thing for Dragon Ball for me, right? Yeah. Where uh, when he takes when Raditz shows up and he uses the scouter on the farmer with the shotgun. Yeah, it's two. The reason right? why it's, it says yeah. two is because he has the shotgun. Yeah, it's the gun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was fun. Yeah, I always like. I thought that also because uh, he has the gun. Yeah, it would be Without like one gun. or zero. Otherwise. It'd be like point two. Yeah, it'd yeah. be like very small. Uh, but like the defiant, uh, like the Jim Hadar hits the probe, but um, it uh, another or no, um, it like fires on the ship a bunch of times. First. No, no, they blow, they blow up. Yeah, it blows the, up after that though. Like it yeah, comes they, in from they, behind yeah. and it like fires on the ship a bunch of times, and like the sh- Captain Cisco gets fucking uh, yeeted, like the kids say, under the fucking That's, floor. Yeah, and his brains start yeeting out of his skull. Yeah, <laughs> he starts like it comes out of his nose. He hits his head so fucking hard <laughs> that. Uh, that's when the probe finally homes in and blows the Jim Hadar ship up. It's the only thing that saves them from getting like completely fucked. Yeah, and there's still one left, right? It's yeah, like exactly. this sucks, man. Like this fucking sucks. And that's when O'Brien is like the bridge crew must all be dead. Dun dun yeah. dun. Except we know they're not. We saw it, but does still. Lieutenant or Ensign what's her name survive this? Is she alive? Yeah, she's she's alive. She's the one who helps who goes searching for uh, a medic and Worf helps open the door for her. That's right. Um I for- <laughs> Carson is her name. And now that we've solved that mystery, we're gonna have to solve the mystery of how the fuck our heroes are gonna get out of this horse shit this time. 
after let's these solve, messages. Let's solve the mystery I'm paying for this podcast. With advertisements from stuff that's no longer made. We'll be right back after these messages. That's what we're doing wrong. After these messages. We'll be right back. Here comes Point Dread and the Talent Fighter, including adventure book and story record with sound effects. Action figure sold separately. Let's hear He-Man, Skeletor, and the Point Dread story. I, Skeletor, will finally defeat He-Man. I'll use the Talent Fighter to stop Skeletor. In a flash, He-Man's hurled through space and time. Surrender to the power of Point Dread's Talent Fighter. You win, He-Man, but I'll be back. <laughs> Point Dread and the Talent Fighter with record and storybook. You have to put it together. Action figures sold separately from Mattel. <laughs> Welcome back from those messages. Hopefully, uh, oh, we're not going to have a sponsor. Anyway. It's like Legos or something. Every every time we start to get a sponsor, it doesn't work out anyway, so fuck it. Uh, we're like really good at ad reading, so I don't know why. Yeah, we've you never wanna... embarrassed a company on this podcast. I'm pretty sure we didn't. I think we were pretty good. I think we man. did a good job, personally. Apparently, not enough to give us money. But you ever like watch like YouTubers doing their ads? Like they just do whatever the fuck, dude. Yeah, exactly. Big Money Salvia's ads are so good. His ads are fucking hilarious. Also, like Brutal Moose's ads are always yeah. like yeah. fever dreams. Yeah, and hilarious. My little cousins like love Brutal Moose, and they know that I I know him. And they're always like, they're always like, do you have you talked to Brutal Moose? And I'm like, no, not not today, not today. <laughs> like your little cousins yeah. also love me. They're like, what about Jeff from Empire yeah, Podcast? They, yeah, right, and I right. say, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, he's he's great. Uncle no, Jeff is great. He's no brutal moose, but he's he's all right. <laughs> and I mean that. Who and I is, feel though? no shame about it. Yeah. Who is I mean who, who is? is a brutal moose in this yeah. world, you know? Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about Star Trek. Um go check out Brutal Moose. He's not a sponsor, but No, he's not, but he's great. Uh I love brutal foods. Yep. Um, he ate all that shitty pizza. That's true. Um. Anyway, the bridge crew did survive. We learned that like two seconds later. Uh, through the magic yeah, of streaming. Not, yeah. Also, like you don't like. You, they're not dead up there. Like you know, they're not dead. Like you're not killing off all of the main characters in a like a season four episode. It's not yeah, it's happening. Not happening. But uh, everybody's favorite characters, Boyce and Peterson, are dead. <laughs> Cisco, no! Cisco has a concussion. And uh, Ensign Carson heads off to find a medic, and Worf is heading to main engineering. Yeah. Here is like, uh, we need to keep Cisco awake by talking to him and keeping his attention. But the classic concussion like yeah. thing. In right? any other episode, Kira would have accidentally admitted she loved him at this point, but hopefully they don't get into that. I love this episode because of this part too. Like, yeah, Kira is so adorable in this episode which like it's like it's really funny because the reason why she's so adorable is that uh she's like a terrorist uh <laughs> religious zealot and doesn't know how to talk to people about anything besides work and but also like she's like so like starstruck by the emissary yeah, like like she absolutely. doesn't like like know how to act around this like religious figure right yeah she has like a hard time because 
she knows that this is the captain and her direct superior officer and also a yeah. person who like she should have some sort of a like a personal relationship with because of how right. closely they work together but also uh he's Jesus <laughs> yeah so that's tough yeah it's tough to hang out with I would think it would be easy to hang out with Jesus but why do I know I'm I'm pretty cool but maybe he would be wary of me because I'm redheaded and you know what happened to that guy Judas was a redhead? That's what they say. That's I the whole really thing. I really doubt that. That's the whole thing with redheads, right? It's like the fucking like constantly like being like redheads are evil. How many Ooh. how many redhead Middle desert Eastern guys? Jews are there? Is my question. I don't I don't know the answer to that, but I don't know the answer to that either, but I'm going to guess uh less than a few. Probably not many. <laughs> I would assume. Uh, Dax and Bashir are still trapped on turbo lift, question mark? Hallway closet, too. <laughs> and she's like, thanks for rescuing me. Uh, but a year ago, if you would have done this, I would have thought you were just trying to be a hero. Uh, now that I know you better, I just realized it was really fucking stupid. That's a pretty funny line, but I thought it would be better if she would have said, like, now that I know you better, I definitely know you're trying to be, play the hero, right? Uh, true. Probably. Because, like, he definitely is. Like, he still so hasn't really gotten over that. He well, he never does. I think the war does get him over that to the point where it's no longer that he's trying to play hero. It's that he's uh, trying to remain a doctor during all yeah. of this horror. First, yeah. do no harm, you know? Yeah, I was talking about like the wound in his heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the wound in his heart. Eventually, he ends up with Esri, and it's like, like this dude wins the fucking lottery, right? It's true. Like he He's... really flubs one try at a relationship <laughs> with Dax, and he gets yeah. a fucking mulligan. Come and he gets on. a mulligan with like cuter, younger Dax. I don't know about cuter, but... I mean, that's a matter of opinion, yeah. and, I, and I agree, like, Dax is astoundingly beautiful, right? Yeah, it's, a, but it's a real toss-up about which one of them is prettier. I so. think Dax, for me, because she's more... Like, I don't like De Ezri's, like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? I think that that's annoying, but... It does get a little tiresome, but I understand yeah. where she's coming from, because I don't yeah. know what the fuck I'm doing, and I don't yeah, even yeah, have yeah. a gut worm. She's 23 years of... old. <laughs> You probably have some worms in there. Uh, I should hope not. I mean, like, good ones, like probiotic ones. Are probiotics also worms? I don't know. They're like bacteria. How, like, what are we, like, what What are we, we're splitting hairs here. Like, what's a worms. What's, yeah, we're spl splitting worms and making two worms. Uh, <laughs> during all this horrific carnage and death, uh, Quark is trying to get a business deal going still with Hanok. Classic Ferengi. And he's like, uh, you guys don't cheat each other all the time? Where's yeah. the greed? He's and like, you try to get one over on the guy because you, you assume he's doing the same to you. And I was like, man, this is like too real for me. <laughs> uh... You'd be surprised how many people try and get one over me, a, like a regular-ass fucking guy whose only income is getting art, doing art from people. Yeah, and I mean, that's like the whole to thing. trying to me like I'm the fucking McDonald's internet machine. Like, that's the whole thing. Codes. That's the problem with this bullshit, right? Like, 
That's why, like, Ferengi society is, like, how is it even functioning? You know what I mean? Like, how is it... I mean... A thing? Like... I mean... <laughs> we, we live in Ferengi society. I know, but how I is... I wouldn't it? call it functioning, but it's... That's what I'm saying! That's what I'm saying. But Hanok is like, I can't believe you would gamble away all of your business project, product, uh, prospects for just a few strips of latinum. And Quark's like, but that's the excitement. Yeah, it's it's like, it's a called a it's a called a disease. Yes, <laughs> it's called you have to call one eight hundred gambler because you have a, a fucking <laughs> disease. Uh, there's a a decent argument that could be made that I believe wholeheartedly that uh, Quark like sullies the entire species of the caramel in one fucking <laughs> business meeting like completely ruins their moral compass he fucking destroys their morals yeah yeah he um, might he, man he teaches them about gambling it's fucked yeah it's like uh you know how we did with like native americans right we gave them like alcohol and shit and ruined them fucked them up man yeah, took their land yeah um, did all that all that shit. we did a lot of shit uh yeah we we not we uh, not m class podcast but white people yeah white white honky crackers that uh you're banned from x.com not even <laughs> not even a good x.com like you would expect yeah i'll just skip the i'll just go to the other one uh Warf- <laughs> Uh, they could sponsor. I'd be fine with that. That'd be great. Uh, Worf arrives in the engine room and immediately starts shitting on everyone that works there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, who organized this layout on this monitor? And, and then the, the guy's, guy's like, like, oh, uh, I had to do it because of it. He's like, fuck your mother. I need to look at this at a glance and your mother's titties aren't even on this. Uh, Kira is blabbing on and on about scheduling. I like how, uh, I think we missed the part, but she's like, you have to listen to me because there's going to be a test later. Oh, and he smiles. That was really good. <laughs> I like that a lot. So cute. But um, she's like, oh, we're talking about work again. What do we yeah. even talk about when we're not when we're together? And Cisco goes, we talk about work. work. <laughs> she yep. kind of smiles and she's... she's uh, so she finally confesses that like him being the emissary makes it hard for her to just be herself and like form a real connection, which is weird because she fucks everybody else who's in a position of power in that government. <laughs> she is kind of attracted to power. Like she bangs Barile, then fucking President what's his name uh, Bajor in Washington is like, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Kira, and she's like, "Yeah, I love fucking the president." Bajoran Washington. <laughs> I fucking know what his name is. Uh, that's his name now. <laughs> but I'm surprised she doesn't fuck uh, Kai Win at some point, man. Oh man, she tried. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Kai Win is so fucking repulsive, as if like a being. Like her essence is so tainted and horrid. Maybe the greatest villain ever played on television. Yeah, like absolutely. she's completely hateable. Like, like hateable above and beyond to a level that like the only yeah. character I can think of that I've hated as much is 
uh, Dio in part one of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I thought you were going to say Dio from Star Wars Episode Nine, and I was like, yeah, I hate that little fucking droid too. <laughs> but you're, I really thought you were going to say that you thought I meant Dio the band. <laughs> I mean, nobody hates Dio. No, the Dio band. rules. Yeah, fucking but, like yeah. a rainbow in the dark, baby. Dio Brando. From JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part One, he fucking steals the cha- the chased first kiss of the main character's girlfriend uh, by pretending to be him, and then kicks his fucking dog into an incinerator. Yeah, I still think I hate Kai Win more. And he turns JoJo's dad against him, and then kills JoJo's dad. And oh, then JoJo's so lucky. And then he finds a. He, he steals an ancient Mesopotamian mask that turns you into a vampire when you put it on. What and then is... the show really takes a turn. <laughs> you literally could have made all that up, and I, I believe it. It's like, it's a really hard sell to start people out on part one of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, because it's really like almost a period drama for the first part of it, for like half of the first part. It's about a guy uh, a guy whose father adopts a street urchin. Okay. And the street urchin starts ruining his life bit <laughs> by bit because he just hates him. Jesus. And one of the most satisfying moments in the whole show is when JoJo gets fully fed up and just beats the shit out of him. And oh, man, I gotta watch this show. This is, like, my fantasy. And it fucking rules. <laughs> and then they become f- friends because Dio realizes that he's not strong enough to ruin JoJo's life without getting his shit wrecked anymore. Oh, yeah, that's good. And he pretends to be his friend until he can uh, ruin his life further. But then does he and then there's not... an ancient Mesopotamian mask that his dad brings back from uh, a dig somewhere. And Dio puts it on and becomes a vampire lord. What? You know what? I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to watch this. And then the rest of the the next part of the series is about... Like, well, he's a vampire lord and he hires Jack the Ripper. It turns him into a vampire. And Jack the Ripper leaps out of the inside of a horse... To, to attack Jojo because Jojo's learned the power of Sun Kung Fu. What's up? What's up? That's like a Demon Slayer thing, too, with the sun and shit. Like, yeah, well, like, the sun is, like, the natural destruction of vampires, right? So he right, channels yeah. the power of the sun. Yeah, like I guess Kung that makes Fu. sense. Demon Slayer, they're demons, and, right? So. Uh, spoiler alert, he defeats him, but then he comes back and he, he cuts off Jojo's head. And he puts his own head on his body. Well, thanks for listening to JoJo Adventure Cast, guys. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the the next part has nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's anime, right? Like anime, like that's my problem with Demon Slayer. Like I was like kind of into the first season, and then the second season, they're like, oh, uh, they're on a train. Oh, cool. <laughs> and you're like, okay, like. The, uh, the, yeah. sec- the second part is about ancient Mesopotamian pillar men who are trying to become perfect beings and take. Are there Anunnaki or not? During World no... War II, or before are there Anunnaki? Yeah, pretty much. All right, and, then maybe. Uh, then part three, Dio comes back, and we learn that every, like some humans have a ghost that they can fight with that comes out uh, of their body. Jeff. <laughs> 
I'm just saying, bizarre is in the title for a reason. It's really, it's a hard sell to get people into this series. You had me at ancient Mesopotamian mask. Uh, I did, it, it wasn't until I mentioned Jack the Ripper exploding out of the inside of a living horse oh, that I, I think th- people really got on board. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Why is he Australian? Oh, it's me, Jack the Ripper from Jack, Australia. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Um... Worf goes, to, he's down in the engine room. Kira's trying to keep Cisco awake, so Cisco's like, tell me a story. Yeah, so she tells him the five Chinese brothers story. Yeah, except it's but about the Bajoran farmers yeah. instead. And they sell Cabo fruit or something. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> shitty derivative story, Kira. I feel like you like are like Cisco, where he's like, I do not want to listen to these Dirt farmers <laughs> talking about <laughs> bullshit. Look, my family have been dirt farmers as far as far back as you could fucking see. <laughs> uh, they find two more blips in the engine room headed towards them, but they're too small to be ships. And O'Brien's like, oh, "Torpedoes, yeah, torpedoes, iceberg, right ahead." Hard yeah. to port. Yeah, the first left. warhead misses. <laughs> the second one hits the ship but does not explode. I love how like what's his name Ensign or Luke, whatever Chief what's his fuck is like like closes his eyes <laughs> like he's gonna die like you're gonna he die. Closes right? his eyes and hunkers down and puts his fingers in his ears. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> like a cartoon character when dynamite's gonna go off. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, but it immediately cuts in a very comedic way to Quark and Hanok staring at the torpedo lodged in the wall. That This is, like, brilliant, right? <laughs> it really is. It's really great writing in this This episode. is a really good episode. Like, this episode doesn't get talked about a lot, but this is a really fucking good episode. I think it's because it it's just sort of like a bump in the road along to the war happening. Yeah. It's not really the catalyst of the war, but... Uh, no, but, man, like... There's a lot, go- like, th- like I always, whenever I think of this episode, I think of this part, and this happens like three quarters of the way through the episode, yeah, right? So like, th- like we we talk about how um, Star Trek is really great at having a plot, b plot, c plot, sometimes even yeah. d plot. This episode has uh, Kira and uh, Cisco on the bridge. It has yeah. Worf and O'Brien in engineering. Right. It has Bashir and Dax in, in the turbo closet. lift. In the in the coat closet five, yeah. And uh, it also has uh, Quark, Quark and, and Hanok. And yeah. So we're all the way down to a D plot, and all of them are interesting and used to the level in which uh, they remain interesting. It doesn't. Yeah. None of them overstay their welcome. Yeah, like like you don't stick around Quark and Hanok too much until this till the torpedo yeah. happens, and it's, then it's like, well, shit, right? It's just quick little cuts, and like Bashir and Dax trapped in the turbo lift, we get all the information we need about them, their characters, and their situation, and then we don't come back to them again until the end of the episode after the first. Yeah, they're they're cold and they're tired. Yeah, yeah, whatever. we don't well, really yeah. need a reminder of that. We understand it now as an audience. It's yeah. like the perfect way to get information across. Yeah. It's great. But uh, Hanok is like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And Quark's like, if if this torpedo goes off, it's going to destroy the ship and we're all going to die. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter where we go. And he's like, what we need to do is defuse the warhead. <laughs> I love this because I think this is like the beginning of Quark becoming like this weird like hero oh, yeah. guy? action hero like, Quark yeah, starts like, in this episode. Yeah, like uh, like Quark doesn't have to do this, right? No, he like, could run and hide, which is a very yeah. Ferengi thing to do. You know but he doesn't. Yeah, but he. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. Wink, wink. Dog whistle. Wink. <laughs> very, very obvious dog whistle. Yeah, screaming fire horn whistle. Yeah, uh, but Quark is like, I need to take this casing off, and Hanok's like, How are you gonna do that? And he's like, They haven't made a safe that I can't crack. He's got the lobes, man. He's got he the can lobes hear it. for it. Yeah. Um, is this the part when, when he's like, like? I thought you'd ever sold them subpar equipment or whatever. Oh yeah, and this is when we learned. Yeah, when we learned that they sold the torpedoes to the yeah. Jim Hadar and this the one caramels. Yeah, it's a great part. And then, and then he's like, "Maybe I should give him a refund." And they start laughing. They're just out of control. And it's yeah. like they they laugh that hard because like a life or death situation, like you laugh or you cry, right? It's uh there's a great part in Battlestar Galactica, and this is like a total Ronald D. Moore flex, right? Mm-hmm. Like he always is like ca- ta- like gallows humor, right? Yeah. Like they do that in Battlestar where like they're they're like running out of everything at one point and like people are eating paper and they don't have paper to write on and uh, Colonel Ty is like, we don't have a lot of paper for toilet paper because people are eating it. And they just start laughing. Like, they're just yeah. like cackling you laugh laughing. You yeah. Yeah. It's insane. The absurdity dude. of the situation yeah. is that you either laugh or you break yep. down. Those are your yep. choices. It's great. <laughs> um, uh, Worf wants to strengthen structural integrity of the area around where the torpedo impacted. And uh, Worf is like, if you don't do it, I'll find someone who can. Yeah, which, like, there's, like, three people, like, alive. You gonna go fucking ask uh, Dingus and Wingus, the dead guys on the fucking (laughs) upper deck? What are you talking about? (laughs) Everyone's dead. Yeah, Worf, fucking get a grip, dude. But uh, O'Brien's like, can I speak with you, sir? And yeah. they have a little conversation about how these are uh, these aren't bridge crew officers; they're enlisted crewmen who are used to be they're used to being given a problem and then being let loose to solve it. Right? They're engineers. They're not engineers. Not like typically known for taking orders about shit. Yeah, right? that's why I don't take orders. I'm an engineer. That's right. That's no. right. If I say it enough, it'll be true. Yep. That's how it works these days. I've been engineering here around M-Class headquarters, and I tell you what, we're in free fall, but it's controlled. <laughs> that's how I under. That's how my giant dick understands it to be real. <laughs> uh, Worf, he's like, Worf, you got to loosen the reins a little bit and let them do what they're good at. And also, you need to give them a little bit of encouragement now and then. And Worf looks like... O'Brien just asked to fuck his wife right in front of him. Yeah. Like, he's just like, what? O'Brien's like, look, you've seen my wife's vagina, so why can't I see your wife's vagina? Oh, she's dead. I forgot. Oh, that's right. But she was hot, though. She was extremely (laughs) hot. It's true. (laughs) 
hottest <laughs> Klingon woman in the series, perhaps? Yo, for sure. Well, Grilka's pretty hot, too. It's true. She got, the, she got those eyebrows. Yeah, Grilka. Yeah. <laughs> Just hard eyes. Um, e- even a fucking troll like Quark understood that she was hot. There's a little bit of... um. What I notice in Star Trek and like a lot of older shows and programs that I watch is that there's like a sort of... I hate to use the word because I was alive during the time, but there's yeah. an antiquated idea of what's romantic. Yeah. Like it's sim- it's a simplistic view of romance. It's yeah. like a it's a view of romance that would be seen as like quite creepy now because it's written by guys, right? None yeah, it's written of by time. creepy guys. Creepy neuro yeah. weirdos. Grilka's vagina is huge. <laughs> and then the ship goes into it. Oh. It's like, uh. But um, Bashir talks about how he fantasized that he and yeah. Dax would get, be adrift in a runabout. And he yeah. doesn't get into anything more specific. But, I mean, you understand what the yeah. scenario is supposed to be. Like, she... She immediately is like, well, let's just fuck then. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I, I find Bashir to be, like, annoying at this point. Like, he's super annoying and still. I wonder, because, you know, I wasn't, like, old enough to really understand the nuances of fucking, like, human romance and sexuality yeah. at, at uh, this point, at 30-some. Mm-hmm. But especially when I was younger... Um, is this meant to be kind of sad, like kind of like pathetic that he that he like fantasized about this before, or I would, is yeah. it meant to be like I had this romantic ideal? I think it can be a little bit of both, but I I took it more as like he needs to grow up, right? Yes. Like. Like he, like well, that's he, that's like the crux of his entire character. Yeah, because he he came out to Deep Space Nine because he wanted frontier medicine, and you know everyone's like, yeah, that's like a really fucking insulting ass yeah, thing to say, like, man. Saying, like, you know, it's the wild yeah. frontier for you. We have to yeah. fucking live here. Yeah, like just because like it's very like Star, it's like Federation centric, right? Like it's it's sort of backwards, but mm-hmm. yeah, he needs to grow up. He needs to fucking like get like a grip you know it's like i don't know in a weird way like i guess it's because like i'm so connected to the idea of like the 80s and 90s because i was a kid then right yeah uh or i guess part of the 80s but um like i was a kid then and i'm not in any way connected to the idea of what the 60s thought of relationships and romance because there's a lot of like shit that wouldn't fly today in the original Star Trek, like grabbing a woman by her wrists and forcing a kiss on her and then she gets into it. Yeah, like that a lot of... That shit fly yeah. in 2023, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. But like like, like the, mad men calling people honey and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, like none well, of that. Slapping works. them on the ass yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, that works if they want it, but... <laughs> You gotta be real sure of that shit. Yeah, you better be in a position, and better, probably doggy style. You better be like, hey, can I slap your ass? And you get or the you, consequences yeah. of that. Yeah, and you just you see where that where that takes you. Um, the but like the the idea of like what was romantic in like the eighties and nineties is a little like outdated and antiquated by today's standards. 
um, in a way that I have a hard time reconciling in the same way. Because, like, again, I'm connected to that time period. That's how I learned romance is supposed to be. Like, the idea of, um, like, how many television shows, like, especially, like, I don't know, like, Saved by the Bell and all the knockoffs and stuff are about the main character pining after this girl, which is fun. Yeah. But yeah. then he starts doing, like, weirdo fucking schemes to trick her into going out with him and falling right. in love with him. Right. And when I was younger, I was like, oh, that means he, like, loves her and he's, like, going after her and that's what that means. Right. But as I've gotten older, I was like, why didn't he just go, hey, do you want to go on a date? Yeah, but I mean, I think that's that you're describing like just a childhood, like a like a child view, child's view of any relationship, right, or any romance. True, but I, I mean, don't these know were if it's adults writing it at the time. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think that like there's like we're also subject now to like more realistic storytelling too. That's true. You know that's what I mean? True. Like. I, mean, I, I Zach think Morris was directly talking to the audience <laughs> quite often. So yeah, did, I think he did yeah. time out and existence yeah. stopped around him. So. I just think we're we live in a time now where we get to see art that is more real, and I, I don't. I, that's not like a knock on like eighty no, stuff. I think I, mean, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for art that's less real. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just different flavors, right? And I think I think that's where a lot of like. Uh, younger people get confused about some of this stuff is like back in the day like this was pure fantasy right like mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff was pure fucking fantasy oh yeah so like, to you compare supposed it, to yeah. like actually act like any of these characters yeah. you watched it and then it was over and then you did your life after that right like you didn't the, um, talk about it because there's no internet yeah <laughs> right you had nowhere to bitch about it <laughs> yeah. unless you were like a turbo nerd you can get on irc yeah uh, which I'm sure I would have been if I was like an adult at the time or a teenager yeah. when I was that uh, that long ago. But like, I was thinking about Zach Morris and his timeout, right? <laughs> when, even when I was a kid and I saw him do that, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I wish, like, if I had that power, I would do it and then I would go play video games. Wow. <laughs> I would be like, timeout. Jeff. And then I would just leave school and go home. <laughs> Most people would like go down to like the Ferrari dealership and like drive a Ferrari around it, but you're baby. like, nah, I'm gonna go home and play fucking Mario. Like, if I had the timeout power right now, I would time out and go take a nap at least like once a day. Dude, that would be incredible, wouldn't it? Timeout, everybody fucking freezes. I just lay down in the floor and take a nap. You have to say untime out, I'm frozen. Oh, uh, time in. Yeah, that would be incredible. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> it's sad that I told a whole incredible story about my life during that timeout that no one will hear. <laughs> well, you went and took a nap, so you're like way refreshed. <laughs> I'm gonna totally leave that part in about me telling you to not to say. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Worf is like, hey, idiots. Hey, dumb dumbs. Hey, shitheads. I need an improvised weapon. And Muniz is like, well, we have uh, one atmospheric probe left. And Worf's like, I have another use in mind for it, which he doesn't ever use. Um, he kind of is like, uh, it's like a decoy, right? They, they make it like a decoy. Do they? I don't remember that. Yeah, it beeps around and then the ship, the Geminar ship pulls up to it and it's like, whoa. Oh, yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah. 
So he's he's been duck hunting before. He knows how to decoy. He's got a decoy. <laughs> he has one of those. God damn, that wasn't bad. <laughs> but the Munez and Stevens immediately start being like, "Oh shit, what about the phaser emitters? Oh yeah. shit, we can use them to shoot the phaser energy. Oh, they we can start- use the deflector array as a makeshift <laughs> phaser emitter. Is a blowout every relay on the ship? Oh, oh god, that'll like be a balloon with too much air. Oh man, good thing my day off is tomorrow, and I don't have to <laughs> o- fix it. O'Brien's like, don't count on it. Damn, man, you got fucked. You could have just, like, let that one slide and, like, not said yeah. that. He wouldn't have known. O'Brien, you can't take somebody's PTO. Now you're just being a shit. Yeah, boss. I'm pretty sure, like, the Federation has, like, rules about that. Uh, but he approves their plan. He's like, how long will it take? And they're like, it's like, ten minutes if we bypass the safeties. Do it. He's like, <laughs> do it. Yeah. Cisco's about to pass out. <laughs> I'm curious, like, uh, I don't know if this is the right thing to do or not, but I'm going to give you a stimulant. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. And then she starts praying and bejoring over him, which, I mean, as yeah. someone who grew up where I did, I've had people pray over me before while hold, trying to hold my hand. Like the tongues and shit? Like, uh, were they speaking in the tongues? No, they weren't. I didn't live in that part of West Virginia. I went, I went to, like, a weirdo I lived church capital, one time. So. Yeah, I went to, like, a weirdo church one time where, like, Basically, it was, like, one step away from, like, a snake-handling cult, you know? And I was like, yo, (laughs) this is fucked up, man. (laughs) In a way, I kind of wish they would have been using tongues, because it's, like, nothing is more insulting than someone praying over you in a way that is, like, incredibly mean. Yeah, let, let, help, please help Jeff get all these sinful artistic ideals out of his head. Please please let Jeff find a woman who will tolerate him and understand his eccentricities and strangenesses. (laughs) I feel like that's oddly specific, so I'm sure that... Oh, I'm not making it up. Um, (laughs) Why does it gotta be a woman? I'm right here. I do, I do, I have found several redheads who will put up with my eccentricity. You know why? Because redheads are the best. Uh, weirdos who understand yes. being a weirdo. That's exactly it. And we don't like going outside, so there you go. In a way, I feel like my my weirdness as uh, just like a strange fucking guy has been like downplayed as time has got on. And like what constitutes as weird has changed. Yeah, um, but also, like, society is collapsing, so, like, eh, what else, like, what else, <laughs> like, like, no offense, but, like, you're, you're not really that weird <laughs> anymore. I mean, <laughs> it, there's always someone, there's always a bigger weirdo in, there's in the ocean. a bigger weirdo fish, yeah. Uh, they configure the deflector and use the echolocation pulse to, uh, to decoy, to bait, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Quark has opened the warhead. <laughs> Hanok has uh, seen. Um, oh, this is the scene where he says yeah. he should offer them a refund. Yeah, he's offer them a refund. He's uh, he's seen the um, schematics at like the Ministry of uh, Big Photon dollar, Torpedoes. Dollar, 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 dollar. <laughs> the Ministry of Photon Torpedoes. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, 
Quark is said, I thought you said you'd never sold yep. substandard merchandise. Yeah. I should have gave him a refund. <laughs> and then they like, they're like, if we choose the wrong one, we're going to die. And they start <laughs> laughing and Quark's like, God, oh, that's not funny. That's not funny. Yeah, that's not funny. Um, Hanok doesn't know which diode does what. And Quark's like, well, it's a 50 50. Yeah, he's like, you get more, uh, you get worse odds at a Dabo table, right? He's like, Dabo? And he's like, well, I'll show you later. I'll introduce you to a life crippling addiction later. <laughs> Your wife's going to leave you. You're going to be left in ruins. It'll be great. But I'll be several dollars richer. <laughs> I'll have some strips of latinum, though. Uh, Quark is like. Anyway, grabs one. Fucking like yeah. He's like he just picks. Then he grabs one. Yeah, you just pick. Yeah, that wasn't me mind blanking in the middle of an episode. (laughs) That's what happened in the fucking Star Trek. (laughs) I thought maybe you said time out again in the world stuff. I'm the only time outer. Oh, I I didn't say it. I didn't fucking okay. Okay, you have to do the hand motion as well. Oh, I don't. I guess you'll never know. I'll never know if you're Uh, doing that. Yeah. But Hanok's like, that was exciting, which is not what I'd fucking say, right? Like, this dude's, uh, what did they say on Community? Level 7 susceptible? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Level 7 susceptible. He fucking, like, he's he's an adrenaline junkie, I guess. And uh, Clark's like, uh, how about we reopen trade negotiations then? And Hanok's like, okay, I'm an idiot now. Yeah, I love taking risks. I love getting fucked over. I almost... I met this guy for one day and I almost exploded. What could go wrong if I know him for more than one day? (laughs) That's a really fucking good point. That's how I would view this, but I'm also not insane, so... The the Jem'Hadar (laughs) ship is following the Tetrion Pulse. It's closing in, and uh, the Defiant ambushes him from behind... But fucks them with the deflector blast. Taps that ass. They're gone, and our heroes can finally get the fuck out of there. They gotta find the caramel ship first. I just, like, picture the caramel dudes on their ship playing, like, fucking cards this whole time. Like, (laughs) they're not doing shit over there. I like to imagine them going through just as horrific an experience (laughs) of their ship breaking down. Maybe. We don't give a fuck about them because they're weirdo aliens. We only care about our heroes. Maybe, like, 20 of them died. Only three of them lived. We'll never know. We'll never know. No one cares. Not unless you ask David Mack, not the fucking (laughs) comic book artist. Nope. Uh, back at Quarks. Everybody heads back to Quarks for a nice fucking game of Dabo to ruin their life. I gotta get a nice synthahol to wash this day down, you know? Hanok has lost most of his, half of his money at this point playing Dabo, but then he fucking turns it around, gets a Dabo, and Quarks upset about it. Triple over, baby. Always bet on triple over. (laughs) Morn is running his giant mouth constantly like always. So good. This is such a good joke. He's he's so fucking chatty. He never shuts up. So Dax has to save Bashir by pretending they were playing darts. It's your turn. He's like, "Mm, what? He's like, thanks for saving me. And she's like, ah, now we're we're even. We're even. Which is pretty sure that's not how that works. That's a funny bit. That's a funny bit, too. It's easy to see why everyone loves Dax. Yeah, right? absolutely. 
uh, mm-hmm. Worf gets the repair schedule, and he's like, engineers, just do whatever you want. Yeah, they're like, sir, if it's okay with you, I would like to uh, shake my wiener four times after I take a piss, and also... But that's uh, playing with it, the other guy says. <laughs> and Worf's like, you must shake it at least four times if you have two dicks like I do. You have to shake each one four times. And probably, like, if it hits the urinal, it'll scratch it because of the spikes, am I right? Yeah, baby. I thought you meant the piss. I was like, damn, they piss hard. Dude, they piss hard, they love hard, they fight hard. That's my favorite Die Hard sequel. (laughs) Piss hard or Die Hard. Uh, but O'Brien interrupts, and he's like, Stevens, you have you actually have 12 hours. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And O'Brien's like, you can give him a little slack, but never take your hands off the reins. Yeah, 16 hours, like, four hours? Like, come on. They gotta go eat in that time. And O'Brien you know? fucking takes out a cigar and puts it in his fucking money-making capitalist-ass <laughs> robber baron mouth. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I do remember that part. Never take your hands off the reins. Puff, puff. Yeah, yeah I own the baseball team, the Knights, in that book. <laughs> what? The Natural. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that guy. In Cisco's office, he finishes up a meeting with Kira, and he's like, oh, I think we should switch to the schedule yeah. that you told me when I was dying. I don't think they did the math right. I think they messed up on this. This is a mistake, right? Because, like, Bajor is 26 hours. They use 26 hours time. Mm-hmm. So divide that by four is a weird... That's a weird number. Oh, yeah, you're I right. think they. I think they just, like, didn't think about it, right? I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. I sure... <laughs> believe that somehow there's a magical shift that does 6.5 hours of work? <laughs> that was like a class. That was like totally fucking that's oh man. I don't believe this is a magical xylophone. <laughs> but uh, when she's leaving, Cisco's like, hey, do you want to go to a baseball game? And she gets so fucking excited about it. Yeah, and he, he gives, gives her, her a, like a hat. The G's. I don't know who they are. The the Grover Washingtons. I, and he puts on a hat, too, and I don't know what it says. I tried to look. It's hard to see what it is. But she it's, looks uh, super cute in a baseball Yeah, hat. with the hair kind of, po- yeah. She's like a little kid. And then she's like... He's like, oh, tell Quark uh, to get the hot dogs. She's like, hot dogs? Hot dogs? Like yeah. the fucking animal dog? Yeah, like I wonder if she, <laughs> like, they're going to eat some dogs or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what they're made out of in Deep Space Nine. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the uh, I guess we don't know. The future's you know. unwritten. Yeah, who knows? But uh, this episode is a indirect adaptation of Das Boot. Oh, that makes sense. That's your I never John Larroquette fun fact of the week. I never saw Das Boot. I haven't seen it either. It's about a, it's about a boot. <laughs> it is about a boot, technically. A boot. It's a boot, a boot. Alright, Canada. There's your there's your one free. It's your, everybody gets one. Yeah, everybody gets every Canadian gets one. I love this episode. This is a this is an excellent episode. One more um, fun fact of the week for you, a little smaller one. Uh, this engineering, uh, the engineering story of this episode, as well as 
several stories around season four were specifically written as a uh, an attempt to integrate Worf into Deep Space Nine closer. Well, it works, I think, but they just make him a dick. Yeah, I think they really... I'm not sure there's a whole lot of overlap in writers who did Worf-centric episodes of TNG and yeah. the writers who are writing Worf in Deep Space Nine. Because I don't think they really understand him as a character very well. I would agree with that. I, I, they they miss him as like a, a moron. Like an angry moron. Yeah, they make him like... Uh, like a joke, and Worf's not a j- joke. Like not like you know what I mean. Like the, he's funny yeah, in they play in TNG. Yeah, humorless, but he has like a like a really dry sense yes. of humor in TNG yes. that works perfectly. He's, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because he's raised by Russians, right? Yeah. And he's very like Russian humor. He's like, am I telling the truth, right? Like, like it's I just, yeah. I just thought of a really big missed opportunity with TNG. They should have had Walter Koenig be on an episode and yeah. have him bond with Worf over Russia. Yeah, he could have talked to Worf about like. Whatever, and then they could have spoke Russian to each other. That would be really cool. I would have really liked that. Walter Koenig is like 150 years old. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, like, like, so Bones off. is in the first, the second yeah. episode. He's like a billion fucking years old. He's like 160, dude. He's yeah. like Professor Farnsworth. <laughs> What's so damn wrong about not dying? <laughs> <laughs> Or what's so damn bothersome about not dying? Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, Armin yeah. Shimmerman uh, said that this episode was one of his per- personal favorites. I think it's one of my personal favorites, too. He said he had a incredible time acting with James Cromwell. Yeah, I bet. I mean... Uh, they're apparently old friends. You can kind of tell. You can kind of see that. Yeah, they play off of each other extremely well. It's a credit to James Cromwell's acting ability that I forget it's him. Yeah, there was something about the performance that felt very James Cromwell, even with it's all that voice. makeup on. It's just his voice. Just, his voice is so fucking recognizable, yeah, it's, right? It's like, the voice, but it was also in the eyes. Like, the squinting mm-hmm. he was doing all the time. It felt very... Like, I could just tell it was him. It's hard not to, like, always... like. I know he's one of my favorite characters in like LA Confidential mm-hmm. too. He's the chief, right? He's real Irish and shit, right? Also, you could tell it was him when in the full alien makeup, he looked straight at the camera and went, "Sweet Jesus!" Yeah, he looked. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite GIF, oh, second only to Neelix dancing GIF. I love the James Cromwell GIF. The Neelix dancing GIF is uh, hell on earth. Um, I always I always post the James Cromwell one when someone's showing their butt on Twitter. <laughs> I'm always sweet Jesus. <laughs> That's a great response, actually. It's like the only really good response, right? True. In all like, of what the what world. A, yeah, what are you gonna like what are you gonna do, right? You can't be like, oh you know. A but, butt. A butt. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we're going to take another commercial break, and we'll be back with our patented Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality rating for this episode. We'll be right back. Bye, Legos. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
from Lego Star Wars. The Emperor senses Anakin is in trouble. You can build his shuttle, load the clone pilot, and blast off to find his Sith apprentice. You found him. Now you can help the Emperor transform Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader. Palpatine shuttle with Sith transformation. New from Lego Star Wars. Welcome back from those messages. Uh, don't buy it if we aren't getting money from it. Yeah, unless it's Legos, and then buy it and then send it to me. Yeah, just give it to Josh. That's, that's I'll just make as it. good as giving us money. I'll make it. <laughs> Oops, that's where my money goes anyway. <laughs> Alright, so we've reached the most important part of any episode of M-Class Podcast. The, the part end. Where you turn it off. And then we talk about what we thought of the episode, what rating we're going to give it on our patented Cochrane to Catfish Warp Scale of Quality. Listen to another episode if you want it explained. Yeah. Not it's not hard. Into it. It's not complicated. It's, uh, well, uh, Josh, now that you've revved up your engines. I'm ready. <laughs> what do you think of this episode? What are you giving it in uh, man, scale of 1 to 10? I... Fucking, I'm gonna give it a nine, man. God damn. Like, I know, and I feel kind of like bad, but like I love this episode. Well, like there's so bad. much. This is all personal uh, opinion. There's yeah, but my opinion is super right. So. True. <laughs> like I was gonna give it an eight and a half, but I'm fucking fucking. It's getting a nine, dude. Give it what you feel in your heart. Don't give a fuck what yeah. people are gonna say about it. Like, I like, just, I always think about this episode when I think about this show getting good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's gotten pretty good at this point, but, like, this is really when I think the show starts to get, like, really fucking good. Oh, I agree. I love killing Jem'Hadar, and I, <laughs> that's my main thing there, is that that happens, so. Jesus. All right. Um, so, nine. That's pretty, that's wild. Yeah, I'm 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 out of control. He's a wild and crazy kid on today's yeah. episode. I'm like uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s brother Omar Gooding on <laughs> Wild and Crazy Kids. Did you I know that? I fucking forgot that guy's name. Good pull. And Jeff something, and then there was two girls. One of them was like a redhead, and the second one was brunette. I don't remember their names. <laughs> I used to have stuck in my head the name of the guy who hosted Guts. Mike O'Malley. Uh, Mike O'Malley. Yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's still stuff. around. Yeah. yeah. He was in The Good Place. Yes! He played the, the guardian between the gates of yes. life and death. Yes. And who, he, like, loved frogs. They, like, give him a frog thing and they steal his keys, right? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Apologies if anyone can hear the bug going absolutely fucking ham outside my window screaming. I mean, you got insectoids outside, I got Autobots. <laughs> we got a Michael Bay franchise yeah, going, boys. <laughs> setting up a quadrilogy. Uh, I am going... I think this episode is fucking rock solid. Like, yeah. Uh, it's hard to find any fault with it, to be honest. It's excellent acting. There's yeah. some really interesting cinematography going on, like when the ship starts falling, like Quark is looking up at the ceiling, and like yeah, the it's... camera follows his movements looking up. 
I'm sure that's straight out of Dust Boot, right? He like probably. that's got that's straight from that. I didn't yeah. think about that. I've never seen that. Yeah, so I, I never have either. I'm just assuming. But uh, you know what they say about assuming? It's good. You should do it. Always do it. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna give this an eight. Uh, that's totally good. It's a, it's an extremely solid episode. Uh, it's one that I don't think about too often that I think deserves a ton more attention than it's given. Um, I think about it every time I start to jerk off, really. it's it, You're just like, oh, Starship down, Starship down. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Boimler. <laughs> think about Riker. weird shit. Riker. <laughs> Whenever I uh, lift my leg over my giant dick, I say, Riker. I fucking watched a... Uh, uh, a clip of that, of Jonathan Frakes and Jack Quaid on that fucking stupid on the uh, after track talk show. Yeah, thing. that dumb yeah, thing with idiot. It's, it's completely improvised. He did it because Jonathan Frakes was yeah. directing the episode. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, Will Wheaton chimes in and he says something about himself and yeah. nobody laughs because it's not funny at all and. Yeah, <laughs> reminds me of the clip of um, Celebrity Jeopardy that he was on with yeah. Pat Oswalt, yeah. Mike Barinholtz, and Pat Oswalt makes a joke about like uh, I'm wearing a suit because some of us take the game seriously, and the audience yeah. laughs. And Ike Barinholtz says, well, maybe some of us put on a little weight over Thanksgiving. And their wife said that they look good in the sweater vest. And yeah. it's just as attractive as I've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Will Wheaton interrupts his joke to say, well, I'm wearing a full suit because some of us take the game seriously. And I'm like, Patton Oswalt just fucking said that joke. I feel like... Ten uh, seconds ago. I, f- I feel like... Like in high school, like when your friends have like a friend and they're always like, he's not that bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like that's how people are with Will Wheaton. And it's like, this dude is a fucking asshole. Like, fuck he's, Will he's Wheaton. He's annoying. And I feel like he gets a lot of sympathy credit because, like, he was treated badly by the fandom when he was a kid. And people I don't, don't want to fuck. People don't want to fall into that same, like, modality. Like, be like, oh, I don't want to pick on him because he was picked on when he was a kid or whatever. But, like, sometimes people become assholes when they get older. And it doesn't matter what they were when they were kids. Yeah, you could not be a cringy, as the kids say, asshole. Like, like Mara Wilson, uh, who was um, a child star. Who's that? She was... um, uh, the Matilda. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe I'm saying the wrong name. No, I think that's. I think you're right. I think you're right. That's uh, yeah. Matilda <laughs> actress. We have internet. I just thought her name yeah, was Mara Matilda. Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're she's right. super cool, and she was like a child star who got real heavily shit on by Hollywood and everything. Like you can really come back from it. Like there are three paths you can go on, which are like drug addict, uh, therapy adjusted normal person. Or uh, egomania. (laughs) And for debt, you can die. You can't. If you're a a child star, you live forever. In our hearts. Uh, True. Like like Jaleel White. Like Jaleel White. Um, He's going to be in Star Wars, I think. Really? I think he's going to be in Skeleton Crew or something. I, I read that. I don't know if that's true. I hope so. I, I think I he's gonna be. White. I think he's gonna be. 
I'm trying to think of like a Star Wars Urkel name. Urkel? Well, he's Urk. already Stefan Urkel. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll just be Stefan Ponda Babu or <laughs> Babu Frick or Gloomta Gibo. <laughs> he's coming back as Dexter Jetster. <laughs> Punta Beam. These are all real Star Wars characters. Look them up. Oh my god, I have a headache now. Fuck. Look them up. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm giving it an eight out of ten. It's a great episode. <laughs> I didn't give any reasoning, but it's really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, you gave it an eight because Julia White's not in it. So. Yeah, true. I was gonna give it a nine, but I couldn't find yeah. Julia White anywhere. He's not in it. I told you guys a while back that uh, I would still read an email every now and then on the show, and I know yeah, you give thought, them their hit. <laughs> I, I know that you guys thought, wow, what a fucking degenerate, lying piece of shit. But as yeah. it turns out, uh, not a liar, at least, because I'm doing it. You are those other things, though. Hey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, I thought I, we were agreeing. I hey thought now. I was agreeing hey with you. Hey, now. Be hey nice. Now. Uh, <laughs> our first and last email of the episode <laughs> is from Jeff. With a G. Oh, yeah. And it's entitled Trekkies Betrothed. Oh, uh, play the song. The marriage song. <laughs> For some reason, my brain started playing Graduation by Vitamin C. That's the song. That's, <laughs> that's the song. That's the song. Are we something, friends forever? What happened to me? I disappeared into the ether. ether. Dear Jeff and Josh, big news and feel free to share on your show. This is from August 4th, so they pro- it's probably already happened. Your boy got engaged. Nice. Congratulations. Oh, they're not married yet. Nobody gets engaged no. and married in three weeks. That's, That's insane. Yeah, we're covering it. We're covering the news. <laughs> uh, this DS9 boy is marrying the Voyager gal. I don't know if it's going to work out, Jeff. <laughs> Marriage batleths to come in the future. Oh shit, I hope you do get those. That would rule so fucking hard. One of the first things that brought us together was watching TNG and trying to convince the other one which was better, Deep Space Nine or Voyager. I'll wear her down eventually. What what possible (laughs) argument could she have? Yeah. This is why I said what I said. Uh Oh. Oh. Also, future father-in-law is not a fan of Riker. Uh, what? <laughs> the fuck family are you marrying into? This is, uh, I'm noticing some red flags. But red I'm alert bet flags. that you two are going to be lovely together forever. Uh, because I actually did a commissioned art piece of the two of them together in Starfleet uniforms like three or four years ago. Yeah, I vaguely remember this. I think you should, I mean, I've seen that. Yeah, it was the one that uh, had them standing in front of the Starfleet logo that said, Enlist Today. That's right, yes. Uh, they you should are name your first couple. kid Riker. <laughs> oh, yeah, Riker Jeff. I don't know your last name. <laughs> Riker Jeffrey, whatever your last name is. Uh, anyway... Uh, you also did a com- uh, I also commissioned an art piece uh, for us. Maybe that had something to do with her saying yes. Jeff Pennington dot <gasps> art dot Patreon dot TRGW dot UK. <laughs> it's 
that? Is that I your? I should get that. You should, um, you should get it. It's jeffpennington.art for my website and uh, patreon.com slash jeffpennington for uh, behind the scenes art, exclusive art, uh, feet pics eventually. We'll see. And also, Josh is here. Uh, he's all right. Um, keep, <laughs> keep on trekking and may emails rest in peace. Signed, Jeff, the engaged one of the USS Love Boat Sea. <laughs> the Love Boat Sea. Did you, did you watch Love Boat? No, I never did. I never watched that show. Yeah, I feel like that was like a... We missed that time. I'm going to click on congratulations and send it back to him. What else are our other options? What else? Uh, it was congratulations. Congratulations to the both of you. And awesome congratulations. Yeah, you picked correct. You picked correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm glad that people are in love and probably they're fucking already. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't want to pry into your bedroom. Yeah, no, it's none of my business. But, but are you? No. If um, you set up a video camera, send me a link. To you I'll be. and your loved one. <laughs> I'm again a little worried about that Voyager stuff, but uh, I mean, it's it's better than a lot of other stuff. Yeah, she could she could like try to convince you that like I don't know like into darkness discovery is better than Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I guess yeah. Uh, if if someone was like discovery is better than Deep Space Nine, I would uh, send them to the psychiatric ward. I would get physically ill like in Clerks too when they're arguing <laughs> about Lord of the Rings. This is like the third Clerks two reference we've made yeah. while recording this. I it was on the other day on Pluto and I was like I can't watch this movie. I think I think the time my time has passed. Oh my my like Kevin Smith time yeah. was a long time ago. If it was Mallrats, I would watch it. But I think that's the only one I would still watch. Yeah, as well as yeah. Mallrats. It's the best one. It's the most '90s movie ever made. Yeah, I can't anyway, watch Clerks. I, congratulations I to Jeff and congratulations to. Uh, lady, you didn't tell me your name. Lady, congratulations yeah. to the both of you on your upcoming nuptials. If you don't have blood, wine, and bat lists, it's not an official marriage. Yeah, if you want me to, we've made it to uh, the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, Josh cut out. I'm here. Uh, there's a horn going off outside, which is pretty perfectly timed. Why did I cut out? I'm right here. Josh is back. What the fuck happened? Isn't he? Jeff. Hello? Jeff. Just end the episode. Just fucking end it. Put us out of our fucking misery. <laughs> <laughs> well, R.I.P. to Josh Henderson. Uh, we knew him well. Unless you didn't. But I did, and I loved him. I guess I'll do the show by myself from now on. Um, I guess this is the last episode because I'm not fucking doing that. But if you'd like to support us, keep us going on this show, maybe bring Josh back to life through the cloning process that they cloned Gucci Mane and Avril Lavigne from, then you can head on over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, where for as little as a dollar you get access to behind-the-scenes posts, uh, including cloning process? We'll see mclasspodcast.com 
iTunes, M-Class Podcast, Spotify, wherever. Leave us a review. Let us know what you're thinking of the show. Please, again, support us on Patreon. We appreciate that so much. Follow us on fucking X videos. Uh, we're at M-Class Podcast. And uh, eventually, I'm sure we'll be on Blue Sky whenever that fucking website starts working. Follow us on there. And uh, we'll be back in one week's time with another episode of M-Class Podcast. Bye-bye. I'm mentally ill. Trick with your boy.